Welcome to Boiler Up Down South. I am Garrett Shearman here with Drew Schneider. What's up? And uh, we're going to be talking some Iowa previews today. Uh, that game is going to be Saturday, 3.30 in Iowa. Uh, and that's 3.30 Eastern time. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to pay some bills and uh, get right into it uh, right after this commercial break. All right, and we're back. Um, Garrett, let's just go ahead and start with the offense. Now, we watched Iowa play so the good folks out there in podcast land didn't have to put themselves through <laughs> that. Uh, we make sacrifices for all of you guys. We do. We do. I and mean, we're, we're happy to do it. Um, but, like, I had to just make it through one Iowa game requires more caffeine than most of people can consume. Enough caffeine to hospitalize a small child. That's right. That's right. So, um, and this is the same Iowa team uh, that we're used to seeing. Um, defense, special teams, the goal of the offense is to not mess it up for the defense and the special teams. This year, coming into the season, it looked like Iowa was going to try something a little different. They went out, signed Cade McNamara, um, Michigan's starting quarterback last year for the most of the uh, time. Um, he, he won a, a Big Ten championship for him. Yeah, but, you know, you know he... Hurt himself in fall or fall camp apparently, and he hasn't been a hundred percent. And finally, just whatever wrong with him gave out against Michigan State, and uh, backup quarterback Deacon Hill looks like he's going to be the guy the rest of the way for the Hawkeyes. Um, and clearly, that was something they were trying to avoid. Uh, but uh, you know, the Wisconsin quarterback is coming in. And these are pretty much his first snaps. Uh, he's a Wisconsin transfer, but he's a big one. Uh, 6'3", 260, uh, big boy, big arm, not super mobile, which I'm hoping remains the case. Um, yeah, because imagine 260. Like, the guy's built like some defensive ends. Yeah, no, like, he's, he's a big dude. and uh, But I haven't seen him run much, so that gives me a little comfort. Is he might be the first actual like pocket passer Purdue faces this year. Um, Iowa's run game always tough. Um, this year really struggled though. Teams have been especially uh, recently loading that box up against the run game and really challenging Iowa to throw it. Uh, Lashawn Williams is their uh, go-to or is their starting back, but that might change this week. Um, they have, uh, oh, let's see, what is his name? Sorry, hold it with me, folks. I got it. Yeah, so running back. Um, you know, normally an Iowa staple this year, the running game just hasn't re- got going as much as you, you would think, especially the team that sort of struggled to throw the ball. Teams are really just loading up that box and begging Iowa to, to beat them through the air. Um, they do get a big boost uh, coming back. Caleb Johnson, who in- was injured in, uh, I think, their second game of the year, uh, is back. And uh, Purdue fans don't remember that name. He had 22 carries for 200 yards and uh, two touchdowns uh, last year in the beatdown uh, against the Boilermakers. Um, so he's definitely a capable back, and he's definitely, uh, you know, has a uh, – feel for Purdue. Um, his only other 100-yard game was against Iowa at the end of last season. Uh, against know. Iowa? I'm sorry, against Nebraska. 
Uh, Iowa and Nebraska are the same as far as I'm concerned. Uh, don't tell the people who really care about whose corn is better quality that you just said that. Well, I mean, I, Purdue, Indiana's corn is clearly the best. I don't even know why they're fighting over it. <laughs> but um, This yeah. episode was brought to you by Indiana Corn. That's right. John Deere. Uh, no, just kidding. Unless John Deere wants to sponsor it. Yeah, John Deere. Give us money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Caleb Johnson, though, big comeback off an ankle. We'll see how many uh, carries he gets. Um, you know, is, is his ankle 100%? Is it one of those things where he's going to be kind of limping around? Uh, we'll see. Uh, other than Johnson, LaShawn Williams is their other guy. Um, and he's, uh, you know, capable. Uh, hasn't shown a ton this year as far as uh, against big-name teams, but... He's still averaging five seven five point seven a carry. Um, shockingly, he's the only one without a touchdown, though. Shockingly, yes. Uh, but he also is a good receiver out of the backfield with seven receptions for uh, fifty yards and a touchdown. So that'll be something Purdue needs to look for. Um, it are those sort of wheel routes? They like the wheel route. They like moving their running back out of the backfield uh, as a receiver. Something we've kind of gotten some success with uh, with Maccabee. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Iowa probably look to do the same. Um, as far as skill position guys go, Eric Hall's their guy. He's the latest in a long line of Hawkeye uh, tight ends. Um, he, uh, interestingly enough, uh, four years at Michigan uh, before uh, transferring to Iowa for his fifth year this season. Uh, so far on the year, he's got 14 receptions for 183 yards and two touchdowns, which uh, leads uh, Iowa by far. The second leading receiver for Iowa is other is Luke Lachey, another tight end, but he broke his leg, so he is out for the year. So really, all sort of focuses on Eric Hall, um, and they're going to use him a lot, like Purdue used uh, Payne Durham last year. Not only are you going to see him. Uh, used in like the intermediate passing game, but he's a guy they like to get matched up and then try on a safety and try to go deep. Um, he'll also, uh, they also like to use him in the screen game um, where they throw a lot of tight end screens and let uh, get the ball into Eric Hall's hands. You know, he's 6'3, 250, good athlete, hard to bring down. Um, and really, like if you circled anybody on this Iowa uh, offense that Purdue needs to control it's it's Eric all because he's the one guy that uh can beat you by himself or at least the one guy that can beat you by himself that we know of um and so Eric all it's gonna be a tough matchup um I'm not sure who gets it really Kane maybe the guy that Purdue ends up sticking on him but he's such Kane's such a big uh uh advantage in the run game here recently where he's just been getting in the backfield and causing havoc um you know cam allen is allen physical enough to play with him if all gets a tackle can allen get him on the ground um that may be a matchup we're having to watch um i just i'm not sure what purdue does against a tight end like this yeah Um, no i kind of feel like um especially with the new quarterback they're going to try to treat all kind of like as the safety blanket security valve, or I guess security blanket safety valve, uh, one way or another. Um, and hopefully he's not Eric all they need to win. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely the one that's the biggest question mark in how you cover him. 
just right. in general? Who do you stick on him? Do you sacrifice a little bit of your uh, linebacking core to stick somebody who's more physical on him, or do you go with a guy like Cam Allen, who you kind of question his physicality? It's it's a it's the main puzzle I think that um, the the Purdue defense is going to have to figure out this week. Yeah, and it's the one one real sort of spot. There's two sort of spots in this Purdue defense in that slot corner. Uh, who's going to take the slot guy, and then our uh, our linebackers. Who's going to take a, a big time tight end, like uh, like all? Because I mean, we've seen brothers try to do it, and it hasn't worked well. Uh, he'll be back this week, so maybe he'll have a uh, a new superpower where he can cover badass tight ends. Oh, I just said a bad word. Oh, and or you know, Yanni played well. Um, I see him more as a box linebacker. Yanni played great, let me correct you there. He did, he did. I see him more as a box linebacker, but maybe he's a guy that can control all. And like I said, then you go to the safeties and you sort of look and say, I I would think Kane's the guy there. But again, he's so useful in the run game uh, that it's tough to uh, really sacrifice him uh, against the tight end and coverage all the time. But at the same time, I was going to line up their tight end on the line anyway. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a job probably for Kane. We'll see. Um, and since Ryan Walters is running the defense now, uh, we'll find out what he thinks. Temporarily, uh, at least. Temporarily. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be doing that for the whole season. But I think he said he was, or at least most of it going forward. Well, for year, for year one, that's probably an okay thing to do. I just hope he doesn't have to be forced to do it every year. I concur. I concur. Hopefully Coach Kane is taking some notes and, uh, you know, getting back in the flow um, and uh, will retain that job at some point in the future. All right, Garrett, let's talk about uh, the Iowa defense. Uh, we've sort of covered the Iowa offense as best as we can as far as any mortals can understand it. Um it's bad, but the defense is good, so let's talk about that. Well, their defense is always good, and it's probably a surprise to nobody that their uh, total defense through five games, and keep in mind, they are 4-1. and one. Uh, Their total defense th- uh, through the first five games of the year, they are currently ranked, I believe, 33rd. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but here's where it's really, really scary for me. Um, they're... Their pass defense, they've faced, they've defended more passes than most teams in the country. They're one of few teams that have seen 190 or more pass plays ran against them, and they still give up the fewest yards per catch in the country. So it's a very, very consistent defense that'll just force you to get like three yard screen gains at best sometimes. And if they can really get that sort of like, you know, like stalwart, you're not going to get too many yards after the catch on us type uh, coverage. Uh, it, it's it's going to be difficult for Purdue to get some pace, get some momentum. Um, their, their rush defense, uh, kind of pedestrian statistically, um, but they're still only giving up like 3.8 yards per carry, and most of the teams around where they're ranked, they're tied 67th in rush defense. Most of the other teams around them are giving up about 4.5, 4.6 yards per carry. So they're still even way lower in that in that regard. It's just that their offense doesn't stay on the field for very long, so they've seen a lot more plays than a lot of teams have. Right. Um, but still, they have the the wherewithal and the 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 hardiness to 
stay on the field that long and still be an effective defense, and that's just their brand of football and has been ever since Kirk Ferentz took over. When was that, 99? I was, uh, I, I was four years old and just moved to Georgia from Texas. I was uh, graduating high school. Uh, yeah, sorry to make you feel old. I feel like it's a weekly tradition at this point. I have to say something that makes Drew feel old. But um, here's something that'll make me feel old, is that the only Hawkeye I choose to recognize is Alan Alda playing Hawkeye Pierce in MASH. Find, find me another 28-year-old who loves MASH as much as I do. That is a great show. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a game, just given the statistics, I think this is a game that Purdue's really going to have to find pace offensively, uh, starting with the run, unfortunately. And they're, it's it's Iowa, man. Their interior run game, or uh, against the interior run, I should say, is always pretty good. They uh, Their defensive line this year is uh, not very pressure-based, very, very much contained. Uh, and I, what did you say, Drew? Three sacks? Three only, sacks. Yeah, they only have three sacks this year. So Total. That's everybody. That's not, everybody. Not yeah. their best player. Yeah. Literally everybody on their team. Through five games. That's So maybe this is the game where Hudson Card can uh, use his wheels and uh, kind of mm-hmm. we just get chunks of yardage that way. Because if he's got enough time, I mean, Hudson Card really does have good vision as, as a runner. And he's... <laughs> He's good at like finding small holes and like shirking his shoulders through there and getting like an extra two yards before sliding and really not taking too much contact. So I I think this might be the Hudson Card rushes for like 150 yards game. Um, and that just might be the way Purdue needs to win if nothing else is happening offensively. If Hudson Card can just keep getting time and keep like just getting six six yards here, eight yards there. And avoid sacks that probably aren't coming. Um, I, I think I think that's probably the key offensively here. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of look at what this Iowa defense has done to some pretty in like super weird games too. So the Iowa Penn State debacle, where Penn State beat them thirty-one to nothing, and Iowa only had four first downs. You still look. So Penn State's quarterback drew uh, a lot, right? He threw 37 passes, uh, completed 68% of those passes, and had 166 yards passing. Jesus. Uh, right? So, like, yards per attempt, 4.5. Uh, adjusted yards per attempt, 6.6. I mean, they kept the Penn State offense just under wraps all game. They just kept turning the ball over and eventually Penn State cashed in. But even the Penn State run game, uh, Catron Allen, uh, you know, Penn State's supposed to have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. Catron Allen, 21 carries for 72 yards, which is still only 3.5 an attempt, or 3-4 an attempt. Nicholas Singleton, Nick Singleton for Penn State, 17 attempts, 40 yards, 9 yards, 2.9. Like, Penn State was throwing everything at this uh, Iowa defense, and they still couldn't get it to break, uh, despite just living on the field. So, you know, Purdue's got to find a way to hit a couple big plays in this game. Yes, that is what we were talking about um, right before recording this, was that if, at this point, we do trust Hudson Card if he only gets three big play chances. Uh He's going to hit maybe two two out of three of those, I think we agreed on. And 
you're just going to have to get that run game going to where you get those safeties to to bite and not just linger in the in the backfield that far back and oh if Hudson Card can get three chances I think he hits two of them and it's it's uh it's a hard uh secondary to go against but I think I think the key here is starting off hard with the run and like committing to the run to begin with. Yeah, I really want this to be the Tyrone Tracy game. Former Iowa Hawkeye was sort of the story for most Iowa skill players. Sort of an afterthought. Underutilized Underutilized skill players. players. Surprise, surprise. And so uh, now, you know, now that he's moved to running back, I think uh, Tyrone might want to show the Hawkeye coaching staff maybe what they missed out on. And, uh, you know, he's been the, the best back uh, so far this year for Purdue, um, this is also the sort of what I sort of wanted to wrap up finally after talking about the offense and defense is what I really feel like the key to this game is is patience for Purdue. This isn't a game where Hudson Card can force things down the field. Um, Iowa has Cooper DeJean back there. He's a stud. And he'll be a probably a first round uh, corner in the next uh, draft. Um, they play a deep one real deep safety, but their other safety doesn't come uh, come up much either. Um, and Cardis is going to have to take those, you know, five to eight yard intermediate routes and be accurate. The offensive line is going to have to not hold and not commit false starts. What Iowa wants you to do is commit drive-killing penalties on your own. So they can just sort of sit back, let you run the ball, tackle you, you know, three, four yards down the field, let you catch the ball, six, seven yard gains, and they just assume that eventually you're going to self-destruct. Purdue has done that so far this year, so not a bad strategy against the Boilermakers. Um, Last game cleaned up a lot, though. Three penalties, 15 yards. True. Um, So I, I do feel like it's a game where... If Iowa just keeps the lid on Purdue the entire game, I think they win. I think Purdue's going to need to hit a couple big plays to get some of that chunk yardage um, to keep them from just constantly having to drive the ball, you know, 10, 15 plays to score. Um, I think if, if Iowa's able to do that, Purdue commits too many penalties and turnovers. The other thing I want to talk about is Iowa's special teams because... You can't not. Yeah, you have to talk about how good they are on special teams. I want to go through the scoring summary of the Michigan State game. They just won 26-16. to So, at the 11:25 mark in the first quarter, Drew Stevens' field goal. Uh, at the 3:48 mark in the second quarter, uh, you have a uh, Eric All touchdown. And so that gives them 10 points at halftime. And then you have, at the 7.38 mark of the third quarter, you've got a Drew Stevens field goal, 53-yarder. And then at the 5.19 mark, you've got a Drew Stevens 36-yard field goal. And then you've got a Cooper DeJean 70-yard punt return for a touchdown. And then a uh, Drew Stevens 34-yard field goal to ice the game. So in the fourth quarter, they kicked... It, they started the fourth quarter 16-16 to with Michigan State, kicked two field goals, and returned a punt um, to win. They only had 61 rushing yards, 161 passing yards, 
222 yards total, still won the game. Uh, that's because Michigan State committed 10, uh, 10 penalties, 494 yards, and committed four turnovers. Uh, so I think that's Purdue needs to look at what Michigan State did and do the opposite. Yeah, ball security <laughs> is going to be big here. Um, I We love crazy legs, but Mockaby's really got to clean that up because if he coughs up the ball, that's just what exactly what Iowa wants in, right. as part of their winning formula. And Ryan Walters said it in his press conference, and I don't think this was any sort of slight to Iowa or any sort of throwing of shade, as the kids say. Well, they probably don't say that anymore. I'm not a kid. Uh, but, dude, if, if they can frustrate you and play that, like, sort of style of play where you hold your finger five inches from your older sister's head and say, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching <laughs> you, and then wait for them to freak out, uh, that's exactly what they want to w- do uh, to win a game like like 12 to 6 or something like that. Like that's that's their entire style of play. It goes against most of modern college football, but they still get like 9 10 wins a year. It it's it's weird, but it works for them. And you can't give them that I'm not touching you index finger from your sister's forehead power over you. Right, I guess. Right. If that's a, if that's not too silly of an analogy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You can't let Iowa just bore you in this sort of bore you into submission. Also note if you hear dogs in the background, uh, my blind uh, puppy is in the backyard and he's upset about something. Um, probably nothing. But uh, he has the other dogs barking as well. I, he, he doesn't have any toes to nibble on or lick, so that's probably why he's, he's upset. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's a mess. But anyways, as I was saying, Iowa wants to bore you to death on offense. They want you to just, uh, you know, get used to them running the ball and throwing to the tight end. And then suddenly they decide, you know, to take a shot down the field. And that's what Purdue can't do. Purdue can't get so bored in the secondary that they just turn someone loose and give Iowa seven free points because giving Iowa a touchdown is basically like giving Iowa two touchdowns. Um, Dude, I almost said the exact same thing. I, that, yeah. makes, that makes perfect sense to anybody who knows how Iowa plays. Yeah, like you can't give them points because that's how they win games. And so uh, they win games with interceptions, field position, um, you know, and uh, Purdue can't give them that, which is tough because that's what Purdue's been giving away all year. Um, and again, the same thing with their defense. They want you to get bored and frustrated, like Garrett was saying. They want you to make plays you normally wouldn't make because you're just so tired of dumping the ball off to your running backs and like receivers on just short patterns and just watching their linebackers and safeties come up and Tar, you know, tag them because that's what Iowa does. They're a good tackling team in the secondary, um, which allows them to play this bend don't break defense. Because when the other team's players catch the ball, they actually get them on the ground, um, which is key to that style of defense. Um, so yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, like you were saying, um, this this is uh, gonna have to be a game where the offense is patient. Like in the first half, you can't just you can't just get frustrated with the fact that you're only getting three yard gains over and over. Sometimes that's just how you have to play against Iowa because if, again, they're one of the few teams that they can have their defense on the field for that long. Like they can lose the possession battle in terms of 
in terms of time of possession. Um, but still just totally control games. It's weird. It's, some might say antiquated, but it works for them. Uh, you really have to be patient in the first half because I think, and I, we honestly saw this against Illinois last week, it's, it's a game that Purdue's going to have to win in the second half. Uh, they're not going to score 44 like they did last week, I don't think, but you have to be patient offensively and just take what they're giving you uh, because when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, like, if you're going to beat Iowa, you're probably beating them by, like, one possession if you don't beat them 31 nothing, because they just can't get it going offensively, like Penn State did. Right. No, that, that's pretty much it. And, yeah, it's, it's sort of a weird a weird combo with Iowa because, like you were saying, you you got to take what they give you, but every now and then you've got – I, I, I'm hoping that Graham Harrell will challenge them down the field some because I, I don't feel like you can just get into that short game, let Iowa dictate everything to you. Um, I, um, I'd like to see Purdue maybe with a couple double moves, maybe get the run game going and maybe try Miller, one of those shot plays to Miller in the slot. I was about to say I drew up a fantasy play that involved uh, Miller doing just that in my head. Yeah, no, just, uh, so I feel like Purdue has to be very smart and measured in when they choose to attack yes, down the field. Yes. Take your chances when they're the most appropriate chances to take. Right, so like when you hit that 50-yard line, that's when you're looking for it. So even a turnover doesn't hurt you that much. You're still giving the ball to Iowa. Yeah, at that point, if you throw an interception, it's an arm punt. Yeah, but we can't turn the ball over in our territory because Iowa's just going to at least kick a field goal. Apparently their kicker is really good. Yeah, if you can hit 55 yards outside, like hats off, man. Yeah, so um, anyways, Garrett, what are you thinking for us a score in this bad boy? Well, So I think this is going to be a game where... Iowa just doesn't find any sort of offense, but their defense and special teams does keep it low scoring, does keep it close, but I do think Purdue wins. Um, I don't think it's by more than, let's say, nine points. Uh, Let's say Purdue 20, Iowa 13. Ooh. See, I've, I've got it close to that. I've got I've got Purdue winning this as well. I just feel like Purdue has enough playmakers and with Iowa just really struggling on offense, especially with the new quarterback who has a totally different style than the guy he was replacing. Um, you know, you go from McNamara, who's mobile, gets outside the pocket, makes plays, and I assume their entire offense was sort of geared to that in the offseason. Now you've got a guy that's more of a traditional pocket passer. Um, it's a big transition. Um a 260-pound transition. A big 250-pound transition. Well, the thing that really scares me is Iowa just running the ball like Wisconsin did. I don't think their offensive line is that good, or at least to the caliber of Wisconsin's. Uh, and I'm not sure the running back situation is, you know, Allen is an exceptional back for Wisconsin. And, and while uh, Illinois has – or <laughs> Iowa – now Garrett's got me going. Iowa has some backs. Uh, I don't think they have that caliber back. So I got Purdue 27-24, pulling this thing out. 
in the uh, you know late in the fourth, um, maybe with a game-winning touchdown to seal the deal, um, which probably means Iowa's going to win. That's yeah, we're uh, typically not great at doing these, but we were right about last week, baby. We were. So it's two weeks in a row we're going to be able to get on a heater. Um, anyways, y'all have a nice weekend. Um, hopefully it's going to be some nice weather. It's going to be a little chilly in Iowa. Highs in the low 60s. So uh, That's chilly for us. We live in a freaking armpit. That's true. So, you know, if you're going to Iowa City, uh, bundle up and uh, be safe. And we'll uh, see y'all next uh, week for the, uh, hopefully, uh, talking about a big, another big Purdue win. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, bring us back some corn. Uh, we do like to grill corn. Everybody likes corn. And uh, y'all come back now, you hear? Peace. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll clip a lot of that.